0: Well, we decided we had to do a bonus episode for season one of Let's Make Work Human and it's a little different. I interviewed my dear friend Anne Lent, who joined me on my sabbatical in Scotland, and we made a podcast out of it. In this podcast, we've interwoven some of the funny clips that we recorded while we were actually on our trip, and it's a wonderful expose of two middle-aged women having adventure and digging into some play together. Have a listen, let me know what you think, and thank you so much for your support of Let's Make Work Human. How we work is how we play, I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. (laughs) Hi everyone. (laughs) Clinkin clothes. Is that in Scotland? Well, of course it's in Scotland. Are you it dad? sounds a bit German. King There is <laughs> a King Lochloven. Okay, I think we're recording.
1: Okay, I have an announcement in front of your face now. That I Oh, sorry, I had, I had to do some accept the rules.
0: And <laughs> yeah, they don't want you to think you're being recorded against your will.
1: Right, because that, that kind of thing shows up in... Uh, police files all the time
0: yes which is as i recall a theme of the of the trip so yes yes be ready i'm glad that you absorbed that (laughs) i did i totally absorbed that so so Anne, welcome to the let's make work human podcast i'm so so glad that we're getting a chance to talk about this before we've forgotten about our trip
1: yes although
0: it does seem like a little bit of a distant memory it does yes
1: um however i don't think there'll be there'll be parts of it i'll never ever forget that's for sure you know it's just <laughs> it's like outward bound like there's something <laughs> about
0: that we'll never ever be able to forget even if we wanted to which we don't we don't want to we don't want to forget and i i noticed myself it's been what two weeks three weeks since we were well,
1: back it's home on the on the 2nd of october and it's almost november well i yeah three weeks maybe yeah
0: three weeks it seems in on the one hand it seems like you know we finished what I've been calling my sabbatical seems like we finished it 10 months ago because, mm-hmm. you know, getting back into the swing of all the things, but also seems like it was just yesterday. And I'm constantly, I'm still constantly regaling people with stories about <laughs> what happened on our trip. And I think they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so, so let's set the stage, if you would, we just, you know, for our listeners out there who may not know, and Lunt and I, our friends. We've been friends a long time. We met through work many, many years ago. And mm-hmm. tell them how. Tell our listeners how you came to be involved in this. In this long sabbatical with me. How did it come about? Well, I think <laughs> the most honest answer
1: there is that I hit the <laughs> jackpot when I became friends with you. Because who else uh, would include me in a free basically trip to Scotland which I never would have been able to do without it being free let's be honest but <laughs> but also there are a few people that I can think of that I could stand to spend three weeks with and I knew that you and I would be just well I wasn't 100% sure you and I were going to still be friends at the end but I was like
0: 90% sure <laughs> which is pretty good. I know. Well, you, I remember you just said yes, because it was it, just to be clear, it wasn't free for either of us. It was a barter, which is one of my favorite currencies, right? Is to be able to yeah. barter goods for services. And so this is a barter with our friends and clients at Wilderness Scotland that, and the delivery of the first part of barter actually happened before COVID and we were supposed to go. That was my last trip before COVID hit. I think I was in Scotland working with that leadership team in January of 2020, and then we were supposed wow, to go right before in the fall, COVID. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back and saying and talking to them about like what kind of trip do you think I should do. And they were, and I was, they you know, they said, Do you want to do a week? I said, I think I could do longer. And they were like, Well, mm-hmm. how long? I, I well, I think we could do, you know, longer. Like, what do you recommend? And they said, Well, if you have <laughs> this much time, like, do this, you know, yes. hike long trail and then take go out to the outer Hebrides. And I remember call, uh, my memory is, you know, calling you when I got back and saying, Hey, you know, I have this thing. Would you be interested? And you were like, yes. 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 I,
1: hesitate. I and, uh, and I think over the years, um, perhaps you and I have talked about doing other long hikes together. And so for me, it's sort of been in the back of uh, my mind that maybe someday we would have a chance to do it. Maybe like the Pacific Coast Trail. I remember you talking about that for quite a while. And, you know, there's always the AT out in my neck of the woods, which we certainly did and do quite a bit of hiking on. And uh, so when you mentioned the trail, I was all over that. I was just all over that. That just seemed so unique and kind of what I would rather do on a vacation as opposed to like museums and, you know, shopping. And I like yeah, those things, true. but in moderation.
0: Well, totally. And I think the the whole idea for me of the West Highland way in particular was beautiful because we knew it would be like a cooler place because with my skin cancer history. Like I don't want to be going down, you know, to Morocco or anything right right Right. now. So, so it was like the perfect combination of things. And that that whole idea of an adventure was something that I've thought about so much since our trip, because a lot of people have asked me like, what was the best part about your sabbatical? You know, and it's very difficult to to pick out the best parts, but you know, definitely one of the things that I noticed comes up is like just to have an adventure, especially at our age. You're know, you retired, I'm close to retired, you know, I hope. And um, we were both in our 60s. And it's like the whole, I think there was a time in my life, maybe it was when I was raising kids and like being busy with career when I sort of put my love of adventure like to the side. Yes,
1: yes. And also when you become a parent, I think naturally you become more careful and cautious and maybe rule following that felt very similar to me, Mo, where we, Mm. it was you and I, and like sort of nobody knew where we were kind of, and (laughs) we didn't really have to do anything serious or grown up or responsible in a way we were kind of free in a way that I haven't felt in quite a long time.
0: We were free. We were free and we didn't have to plan anything which was amazing to me because the trip had been planned for us. It was a self-guided trip, but we, but we, you know, we just had to show up. Like that's all mm-hmm. we had to do was show up. And then mm-hmm. the, the details were taken care of. But it, for me, it really allowed me to be very present for the adventure of it. You know, yes. like, okay, we're going to hike this 95 mile trail. And that's the only thing that's in front of us for the next yes. eight Yes. Eight yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> I, and I am, I'm always so in my head and so, um, you know I'm always worrying about something or thinking about something but I was aware that there were hours and hours at a time on the trail when I was fully present in the moment mm. with just the sky and the ground and the air and the wind and the presence of the natural world yeah. and it was such a relief for my mind okay <laughs> here, we here we are in row Roar
0: Fourteen miles, mm-hmm. seven and a half hours walking mm-hmm. plus lunch. Long, fucking day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but beautiful right there. It's
1: perfect. And we saw Harry Coos. Yep. And we loved it every minute of it. So. Not
0: every minute. The <laughs> <laughs> well, last few minutes were yeah. a little rough. Conic <laughs> kind of kills going down. Was <laughs> thumbs down. But no. But we made it. We're here. So the hotels in
1: the background, in case you're wondering. What do you have to say? Four miles in. So far, so good. <laughs>
0: we haven't died. Right. The Thumbs weather's up. perfect. Yes. No bugs. No. It's amazing. We had a good hearty <laughs> breakfast. We're having a good time. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I remember you saying that a few times, like on the trail, you'd say, "Like I'm not worried." You know, right <laughs> now, like I'm not worried about something, which I think is just such a gift. You know, to to be able to to be able to not be worried and to not have to plan. And also to be able to be outside, you know, because that's something that for me I noticed in my day-to-day life, because I am still working, that you know, I'll go a whole day or two days sometimes and I won't even step outside except to like get the mail, you know, if I'm if I'm not being mindful. But to be able Mm -hmm. to be outside all day, Uh, you know, from morning to to whenever it was that we finished on the trail, um, it was really, really something and and felt um, very focused, very in the moment. Yeah, You know, yeah. I felt very in the moment. And I have to say that there was something about that for me that was really blissful around being with you, being with such a close friend for such mm-hmm. a long period of time, because we live 3000 miles apart. Mm-hmm. Yes. We talk, we talk often and we visit often and our families know each other and stuff like that. But it's really different when you have three weeks <laughs> of time, like every day, that's yes. basically the person I'm going to be connecting with is you. Right. And right. we talked and about all the things.
1: We talked about everything twice.
0: Right. I don't I don't think we ran out of things to talk about that because by the time we picked it up again, it was like, oh yeah, we talked about that, but not in this
1: particular right. We way. just went into another level, which has always been, I mean, I remember even just from the very first conversation you and I ever had ever, you know, 37 years ago, I identified you as someone that I could... Go in depth with, you know, if I felt like it or not. You know, we also had a lot of, we had a lot of in depth and serious conversations, but we also had a lot of just funny, fun, goofing around in a way that I really haven't in a long, long time. Klinkenkloven. hooven,
0: <laughs> right? We're not going to Austria today. <laughs> today, today we're going to Klinkenkloven. in Lochloven. <laughs> Just to be clear. I don't think that's right. But Anne has, she's hung up that we're going Please to the Swiss improve, Alps improve. Today. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: That was, that's what sticks with me, just how funny you are and how fun to hang around with. And I think you and I both know each other's personalities enough that, you know, I'm the planner and the worrier and you're kind of the free spirit. And I worry <laughs> about your spirit getting a little too free. and <laughs> <laughs> And you worry about me being like a stick in the mud, but we know that about each other.
0: right? Well, yeah. And I think it was, that was one of the good things about actually having a structure. It's an interesting tip for people that may be like thinking about how to have an adventure or have a sabbatical or have a place. Like I think we Mm -hmm. hit a really good blend of having enough structure so that you particularly as a planner didn't have to worry about it, but it was good for me too, because I am somewhat of a free spirit. I sometimes know that I can over perseverate on like how many options there are and then miss the moment because i'm like well tomorrow we should do this mm-hmm. thing and and i think there was something really beautiful of like we didn't actually have to think about tomorrow because we knew that we would be either on the yes. hiking days we'd be hiking or on the driving days we, we like knew that this was a day we'd explore this area or we'd be driving there was it's something you said in the beginning though yeah that i want to ask about because it's it's a funny thing and i don't know that we've really talked about this was you know we we did talk about it a little bit uh, as the trip got closer because the trip was rescheduled Three t- two well, times because of COVID, right? Twice. Yeah, yeah. At least, and then we just were amazed, amazed that we could do it this year in 2022. But I remember as the trip got closer for me, like in the summer, I remember this one day when I thought to myself, and I think I said it to my husband, like, "What if we don't get along?" Yeah. Or like, "What if we ruin our friendship?"
1: Right. I I remember we talked about that, and I felt like that was impossible. Like I felt like. Um, one of us would have flown home if we were feeling like we would have saved the friendship. We would have ditched the trip and saved yeah. the friendship.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that too, and it was like a, it was like a nagging worry, but on the other hand, it wasn't a worry at all because I like yeah. like yes, I agreed that there, I couldn't think of anything that would cause us to not. To, to damage the friendship and I think a big piece of that is that we both are at an age in life and I've been thinking about this a lot since the trip ended maybe it's because we're in our 60s but like we know what we need and we asked for it
1: yes on the trail.
0: I'm so tired I, I can't keep my eyes open <laughs> <laughs> I know now all, all our blood has gone to our stomachs from dinner so we're just going to go to bed but it was a good day it was another 13 miles so so far we've gone 44 miles or so feels like it. But tomorrow's a big day. (laughs) Tomorrow we have to go 18 freaking miles. (laughs) We might not be smiling.
1: No. Yes. I never used to know how to do that. I just used to be mad at people for not
0: Mm. knowing what I needed. Right. Resentful. Right. Well, totally. And you model that for me. Like you, you know, you've always been someone who modeled that for me around being able to say what you need. But I think especially I noticed that on this trip where, you know, like I'm thinking about That day when it was pouring rain and we were supposed, we were supposed to go on a guided hike with Mm -hmm. our very nice guide. And you were, we met for breakfast, and I was sort of still feeling a little bit this pull of like, oh, we should go Mm -hmm. on the hike because the guide is going to be meeting us. And you were like, I don't want to go on the hike, and we got to tell him now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, because it's pouring rain.
1: Yeah, you know. And you and I, Mo, have have walked around in the rain enough in our lives. We, we we do not have to experience that anymore because it's as horrible as you can imagine. And uh, totally the whole thing, what you just mentioned has given me a little strength about saying what I need more Mm -hmm. in my life. Now that I'm back home,
0: I feel
1: um, it happened in the hot tub the other day at the YMCA. I was swimming in the morning. I was having a delightful swim, just uh, enjoying myself so much. I got, but the, the whole pull of getting in the pool is very hard on some of these colder mornings, the water's cold, you know, it's hard. But what I tell myself is I'm going to go in the hot tub after that's my reward, you know? So I'm in the hot tub and that's the best part of the whole thing. You know, I'm like bubbling up my knees and my hips and I just feel so. So there's this guy in the hot tub, tall, bald, I call him. I don't know his real name. And he says, he says to me, I know you didn't ask but I can give you some pointers on your swimming. Oh! <laughs> and I said, because I think I have this newfound courage about saying what I need. I said to him, you know, no, thanks. I said, I swim for the exercise and for a non-weight-bearing um, thing to do, but I'm not really interested in improving my swimming. <laughs> yeah. And guess what
0: happened after that? i tell you anyway. Oh dear me. goodness! That's yeah. what he went on yeah. to tell you. This is this is this is for anyone who's listening right now. This <laughs> is called acquired male answer syndrome. <laughs> so he yeah. asked for consent and he didn't get it, and he proceeded to tell you anyway what how you should improve. That's annoying.
1: He waited about ninety seconds. I could see it was stressing him out <laughs> to the max. <laughs> I, I felt like his head was about to explode if he so couldn't you said, tell no, me no thank his you. <laughs> But at least I said it, you know, at least I said, instead of saying, Oh, sure, give me your hints about how I can be a better swimmer, right, which to me is like, you know, he's a really good swimmer. He's one of the big dogs in the pool. And if I had wanted tips, you know, he's a very approachable individual, I could have asked, like the information was available to me, if I had wanted it. But I clearly said no, thanks.
0: Yes. Yes. But, I love that so much. And even though he proceeded to tell you, like at that point you had sort of broken the contract because you're like, no, actually I'm not interested. So whatever you're saying, it doesn't really matter that I'm, you can talk, but I'm not necessarily going to take it in. Right? It
1: must be, must be kind of like what consulting's like though. You know, like you, you know, the right answer you want to tell people, but not everybody's ready to listen or cares about what you're going to say. <laughs>
0: Well, totally, and, and at the same well, and at the same time though, like that guy, he thought he knew the right answer, right? But clearly he didn't. And because you didn't you didn't need those kinds of tips. and I think right. that is very true to consulting. It's like I, I may think I know the right answer, but I don't. My clients have to tighter what they can do based on what they can do and what they want and so there isn't really a right answer in consulting in my mind there's not a right answer there's right. so like what can you do what do you want to do and but I think this idea of how you get to use your voice and say what you need it played out so yes. many times for us on the trail about like what time mm-hmm. do we go to bed or what time do we wake up and I remember there was one time it wasn't even on the trail it was later in the trip that was a really important moment for me in the trip because you're retired. I'm not retired. I own my own business. And we were, during the time we were on the trip, it was a, a very important time for me in terms of curriculum development, getting ready to launch our program. And it was a little bit of a weight on me. And there came a point when I noticed in the back of my brain, I was like, you know what, I'm doing a really good job not working, but I actually need to work. You mm-hmm. know, like I just need mm-hmm. a day to get some stuff done, because I know my team is waiting on things. And, for me, that's a place of um of expressing my need that is a very it's very problematic in my bigger scheme of life because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on women like me who are business owners because our ambition is not necessarily supported. And so when we say we work or if work crosses into home boundaries, I feel like there's a lot of shame that comes up for women. It's different for men. I think men can work anytime they want. And mm-hmm. People see them as like um, high achieving, mm-hmm. but I think for women, there was I, I'm aware that there was a piece of it that was like, oh man, I'm really going to be a bad person or a bad friend if I say to Ann, like I actually feel like I need to work today. I knew I didn't want work to overshadow the trip, but I also knew that I would be much better if I took a day. And you were so great because you were like, awesome! I'm going to take a day and watch my show and go for a okay. run and you know take care. You took care of yourself, and you know I worked until what like two or three. And then we had a lovely afternoon. And I just, uh, it was a good example for me of that. Like, that was a need that I had. And it really didn't matter whether you had the same need or or whatever. You, you were going to take care of yourself against my need. Which is what I think when we're younger, when I was younger, I didn't always assume that. I thought that I was supposed to take care of everybody's needs.
1: Yes. Or bend to everyone else's wishes mm-hmm. to yes. get along. Because, you know, I was taught, I was taught so, I was taught so clearly to that I was given so much that I should be the s- leader in the group or the strongest one or the one that can do without the most because every because pretty much everyone else on the planet you know needs help more than you oh my <laughs> uh, god <laughs> <laughs> which as you and I both know was you know terribly poor information but um, <laughs> you know, to, to, that's a huge accomplishment in my life. And maybe as I've gotten older, but just saying, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I need this and I don't need that. And I won't do this and I will do that. And I'm going to speak up and say what's okay and what's not. And, you know, because I don't care as much what people think about me or, you know, I'm, I'm okay with asking for help Mm. in a way that I never was, but I think maybe that's why you and I are such good friends, too, that I was never worried that if I needed a day off or whatever, that you wouldn't support. I never was worried that you wouldn't support that. And, and I'm hoping, I mean, I'm glad to hear that I was returning the favor.
0: Oh, absolutely, and and it showed up in a lot of ways. Like I I had COVID right before our trip, and I'm overweight right now a little bit. And I, you're you work out I think probably more than I do, and so I had a lot of anxiety, which was sort of new for me as someone who tends to feel physically quite strong. Going, mm-hmm. you know, I remember the d- few days right before I met you in Glasgow. I remember thinking, oh man, what if I'm the lagger? Like what if my physical ability is really far behind Anne's, and then mm-hmm. she she's not having fun because we're going too slow or whatever. And I, again, I felt like that was such a powerful piece because I was very aware as soon as we started on the trail that, you know, if you were injured or I was injured or one of us couldn't hike, then we were just going to change our plan. Like it wasn't going to be like, okay, I'll go hike without you. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you take the train, you know, um, and I did fine, you know what I mean? But, and you did fine, even though you had like that little injury and stuff. So I think there's that too, which is like the point is not the trip. Right. The point is the average. activity of the trip. The point is being together, having time, right. you know, in an adventure. Okay, here we are. <laughs> After our day of kayaking. Kayaking in the ocean, the, the real ocean. We paddled how many kilometers today? 15, 15 kilometers. Yep. And it was pretty, the wind was at our back a lot of the way and mm-hmm. then then it was snot. <laughs> <laughs> we had current and wind and waves and a squall right. and we did great and we saw seals yes. and, and otters
1: and
0: here we are coming upon wow. Harry coos what do you think of these cows Annie?
1: Well, I think they look really fluffy and healthy. <laughs> they are they don't look uh. dangerous. I'm not
0: fearful. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: no, here we are at the
0: beach. <laughs> oh my gosh, the real ocean.
1: And what I love know? I love that we both just love the trail so much, even though it was super hard at points. You know, when I was going through my pictures with mm. my girlfriends, I was Reminded that some of those days were really uncomfortable, but I, (laughs) but I don't really remember that so much, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there's something there too for me about this whole experience around I don't know being, you know, you you've heard the expression like old crones, right? Like you know, (laughs) like older women who are like the wise old women. Like I don't think of myself as a crone necessarily yet, but I do think there is a gift of perspective. That I was mm. very aware of, especially on the hiking parts of our trip, where I was like, this is hard and it will end and you can do it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? yeah.
0: And there's so much metaphor for that for me in life and now, you know, watching our children as they grow into adulthood of being like, I know that this is hard now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, but, yes. But it will not always be.
1: Right, always be. right. We just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other.
0: Well, yeah. And something you said too that I want to just underline because it's such a powerful piece. And this is something that comes up all the time in the work that I do with clients, which some people who are listening to this podcast probably also are clients um, and colleagues of mine, is this, this thing about asking for help or asking for what you need. And I, I'm mm-hmm. struck with, you know, you and I both have um, backgrounds of lots of times when help was definitely needed between addiction trauma mm-hmm. cancer loss of parents children's issues our own mental health like we we have been through it yes you know which I think anyone who's reached our age has similar stories like yeah. th- that you know life can be hard there's loss and there's pain and and I feel like that that's just true for everyone, including us. And yet a big part of how we cope with the hard things when they happen is about being willing to say what we need and to ask for help. And it's so hard because it feels so difficult to do. And um, so that's just a really, for me, that's just a powerful learning that was reinforced on the trip of like, you know, that it's a skill to be interdependent. Yes,
1: yes it is a skill and not, it's not easy to... Um, admit sometimes that you that I, I find it very hard to admit that I need help or that I'm uncomfortable in some way. Um, I, for some reason, feel like there's more value placed on people that are just comfortable in their own skin all the time and appear relaxed and settled and not troubled. And I think my background in the career that I had was also a setup for that, you know, to be the, being the helper, being the nurse practitioner, or even being the nurse, you're not there to have people listen to your problems. Mm. (laughs) That's not what you're there for. You get very, I got very ingrained in like never talking about my problems, Mm. Um, which, and it was such a gift to have that time with you because you're someone who there isn't a problem I've ever been able to come up with in my life that you haven't had a similar experience or at least taken an interest in, you know, understanding. And you know, even just the even just conversations that involved you listening to me attentively, just, you know, I don't have a ton of people that I would even consider going, you know, being that sort of trusting of or um and also trusting because the advice you've given me over the years has been really good advice. Like it's tried and true. Like we've had enough crisis <laughs> in both of our <laughs> lives
0: <laughs> between well, the two of us. <clears throat> well, yeah, covered
1: all bases pretty much. We've
0: covered all bases, but also you said something really important there for me. That's such a reminder in terms of friendship, which is that it's not always actually what's helpful. Often in my relationship with you, and I notice this on the trail and with the few other friends I have that I consider as close as you are is it's not about the advice you give necessarily. It's about the space you hold you yeah. know, for, for me to discover what else I might need to do. And there's never any shame or blame or recrimination in the way that we talk about those hard problems. Yeah. And I think what you're saying about your career as a nurse is so, and a nurse practitioner is so powerful around always having to be the helper. I think about, you know, what healthcare professionals in particular are dealing with right now. Um, In this post-COVID world, mm, and mm-hmm. just how hard it is to to be always taken care of and not really having a society that acknowledges that we all need taken care of, even if we look like we're fine on the outside. And isn't it interesting that when we met some people, we met some beautiful people on the trail, too, yeah. we we're both a little introverted. So I would say we didn't like <laughs> rack up a new a new plan. <laughs> kind of right. Like, but we did meet a few people, and I was really struck with how several of the folks we met we also ended up sharing some really vulnerable stories about their yes. own stories. You know, stories what of- was
1: that all about, Moi? Was it just the fact that it was such a unique experience? That especially our guide that day with our guide, when all of a sudden, like, and we had only been with them half an hour, and he was sharing some really painful stuff with us and I think Robin as well that lovely woman we met on the trail eventually you know she was a little more reticent but we spent so much time with her that eventually we found out quite a bit about her pain and and whatnot and it was it was really interesting in that way and I wonder if people are outside seeking comfort
0: Mm, you know in the wilderness I wonder and I also wonder if there's just if people are just craving being able to tell their story and because you and I have a close friendship and we were already talking very vulnerably with each other about our stories and and things and mental health and trauma I wonder if there was if people that we met also saw that and felt safe enough I was very honored that they were willing
1: to share their stories
0: with me too you know and to and and I think so often I think of People at work, you know, of course, which is what this podcast is partly about. It's like people go around thinking that they're the only one mm-hmm. that has a story like theirs. Whether it's, you know, whatever the issue is, whether it's divorce or mental health or physical health or past trauma or addiction, it doesn't matter what the issue is. People think they're alone. Yeah, you know. And I was just I think really struck with
1: shamed by yeah. staring, sharing their story, or they, or they think they're going to get a, a boatload of advice, like Mr. Hot Tub Guy the other day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> who you did, told it, tall and I, I wasn't talking about this so that you would give me your advice on I'm just I just need to talk about it like I, <laughs> I don't need you to solve it which you and I have always been really good at that I think like that that oh, totally. I, I just need to tell you I just need to tell another person who Trust me and you know who I care about that I just need the story to get out
0: yes I just need to tell you and the, and the spaciousness to be able to be seen in whatever that is yeah. um now there's something and said before that I want to go back to because I, it, to me it really stands out as something amazing about the sabbatical for me and being with you and, and the adventures that we had which is that which is the level of playfulness and fun <laughs> that we, <laughs> that right. we discovered and like the laughter, and I'm, I, it made me very aware. And I've, I've been thinking about this a little bit in my day to day lives, like how my day to day life, how I really need to be, I need to consciously play more, um, have fun more, do silly things.
1: The problem is this cow, as you can see behind us, is in our way. We have to walk behind him. You're not sure what to do with an encounter with a cow, do you? do you defend?
0: I just want to see you defend. And do you run like hell? Yeah, that's the problem. You're faster than me. Oh, it's just oh, it's leaving us. Look, you scared oh, away already I with the defense. look them. at all these hairy coos just out there. We have to go through there. Yeah, through them. I mean I know they're not predators, but I think we just go quietly. I've <laughs> 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 already made your. Hello, Morning. Annie. <laughs> That's because we were right in front of the men's room.
1: <laughs> hmm. I don't think you need to have a sign like that. It's too much information. I think it's like, have yeah. Have some dignity. People. <laughs> <laughs> I do know your bladder's full.
0: One of the centers of that silly thing was our little stuffed animal, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And... Uh, but now that you mention it, several
1: people after seeing my photos are like, where is Wellie?" And I said, well, we <laughs> have joint custody, which is what I believe we agreed to in the airport. Although I was a little tired at the moment, but so I need, I'm wondering when Welly's going to be coming
0: my way. I know. Well, we haven't decided when, we haven't decided how long the custody should be, but I'm open <laughs> whenever you want Wellie, I'll send him back. I have. I'm going to, you know, have to be like in registered mail because I'm a little bit worried about him just right. going through the stratosphere. But, you know, that little stuffed animal, like the videos and the paying attention to the stuffed animal and the way for me, it brought out a whole side of our own playfulness and ability to laugh. That was just really beautiful. And as adults, yes. I think, again, we don't like, we don't just play that much. Right what am I trying to say? The,
1: um, personality that we developed for Welly, his, you know, yeah. when he <laughs> was, it's interesting when you think about it, he was a little bit naughty. Mm-hmm. He was naughty. And yeah. he, you know, um, got into some trouble, <laughs> but he always wanted to come along, you know, yep. it's interesting that those are the characteristics we sort of chose for Welly.
0: Well, and also he loved, like, well, he, we made up that he that he would fall in love with the little cows that we saw on the way, like, I, and you're right, like, we definitely, <laughs> anthropomorphic, whatever you call it, and so, we, how do you say that word, what we, <laughs> we put on to him, the characteristics, uh, clearly that we think are important for the human characteristics.
1: You know? Yes, love um, came right in there very quickly,
0: <laughs> but also sneaking out the window to get, drunk with the campers <laughs> that's right so I don't know how that all meshes breaking the rules well it's you know clearly some sort of alter ego but it was even more than that like you know one I was showing everybody the video last night about when you you know the hilarity with which you pronounced the name of the town King La <laughs> <And> Cloven. Cloven? How- <laughs> It's because it's
1: a reliable laugh, that's why
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's reliable. But there were like several funny, funny things about that that just got us both laughing, you know. Yes, the yes. real ocean, like some of those things, were which I think was really mm-hmm. very, very precious. And I think so often in our daily lives, we're just like working we're taking care of the house we're you know making yeah. sure the house is clean we're feeding and watering the people and we're not just thinking about like the hilarity that life oh i agree mo i've watched that some of those videos over and over just to make
1: myself laugh because it, <laughs> some of it was just it may just be funny to you and me but it was really funny to you and me right. and i it was precious and completely like unscripted and you know just kind of the mood we were in at the time and uh it was so fun. So funny. And yeah, I agree. Like, I I don't have tons of moments like that in my life that I'm just mm. like, goofing around. You're like one of two people that would describe me as silly.
0: <laughs> well, you're very silly. And all my friends that have watched it, like, she, she's so funny. I'm like, I know she's so funny, but you don't think of yourself as funny, you know, but there's that irreverence. It's a childlike characteristic of being yeah. able to laugh at things, but also being able to laugh at your at ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Yeah. Um, our own ridiculous habits or, you know, um silly obsessions or whatever. With, you know like food,
1: doing. like our obsession with food. Right. Like good <laughs> breakfasts and stuff, you know, like
0: Yeah. Yeah it's the coffee the bad coffee the wanting the coffee the not having enough coffee but yeah i think it's like that there's just there's a takeaway for me there about especially like thinking about retirement thinking about like the next stage of life and how um important it is to keep finding joy finding laughter in in the day-to-day moments (laughs) hello i'm going to pilot (laughs) today meat pies we are pies. in search of pies because we were told by our guide, Martin, yeah. who we jettisoned today because we were, didn't want to go out in a terrible rain, but instead we're going to go to, it's not called pie, <laughs> it's <laughs> not a Disney. We could see anything. It would be unremittingly spectacular. Unremit- but also we've decided this should be the new standard for mm-hmm. performance for mm-hmm. my team. Yeah. Now, From now on, I'm going to say, okay, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. good is not good enough. Now has to be unremittingly spectacular. And this does just not measure Which up. is a high Whatever. bar for anybody. <laughs> Anyway, off we go in okay. search of. We some love things. all of you. Yeah. Whoever's watching, <laughs> three or four people. That might, might not this. love you, but well, yeah, if yeah. our mothers were still alive, they yeah, would watch. They know watching. that much. They are watching. I you, Jane and Margaret are yeah. up there. Yeah. J- they're counting the calories <laughs> that we're going to eat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Half a pie each. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got to share. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right, yeah. off we go. Unremittingly.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking um, about. Pi Land, the video Pyland, <laughs> um, when at the end. <laughs> oh, meet
0: Pyland.
1: <Pi> <laughs> Land. Land.
0: <laughs> I forgot you called it Pyland.
1: <laughs> we both brought our moms into it at the end, where in that, when I look at that, Mo, I think, you know, when we thought of pie and our mother's the same exact thought was going in both of our heads, which is that they wouldn't have wanted us to eat a whole pie. (laughs) So talk about take home messages. Talk about, you know, women in their generation who were trying their damnedest to do the right thing. And, but just grew up with values around, you know, body image and weight and how that got passed down to you and me and how you and I have done our damnedest not to pass it down to our beautiful girls. Oh
0: God. Yeah.
1: But in that moment when we were unguarded and our moms popped into our heads and pie was in the same conversation,
0: <laughs> we knew exactly two things. They were watching and they would be objecting us to eating a whole pie. A whole pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they would have declined wanting any pie or they would have said i'll mm-hmm. take just a little my mother would have said i just want the tiniest a little bite slice. yeah even though she wanted the whole pie too like <laughs> she, uh, you know <laughs> i mean i think if anyone a, ever wanted the whole pie it was margaret <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's such a wonderful you're right they were present with us they were present with us so often the trip and i both did lose our moms in the last few years and also the capacity to grow beyond the mental models, you know, that our parents taught us. Which for us, and you know, there's something here that's significant about this trip too. I think around being women, being strong, and being hungry. Like there's just so much messaging that comes from like women. We're supposed to yes. be thin. We're supposed to be small. We're supposed to be quiet. Not supposed to be hilarious or loud, and we're not supposed to eat the whole pie, and for me, there was, you're right, there was a lot of pleasure, being like, no, we're going to eat the whole pie, I actually ate two pies, (laughs) just just to be clear, (laughs) no, we're going to have them, we're going to have them build a pie for us,
1: that we want, just the way we want it to,
0: that's right, exactly,
1: build a pie,
0: build a pie, build a pie, that we want, and we drove 17 kilometers, which took us an hour and 45 minutes, To get those,
1: I have never been so scared
0: in a car in my life. And (laughs) (laughs) because that road was not right, that road was tricky. And you were very trusting, you really let me just drive on those roads. And you did, you know, I was the one who did the driving, and I was amazed at how much you trusted me. I was praying, (laughs) I was
1: making my peace with God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought you just trusted me.
1: No, I was, yeah, I was very scared, but I did trust you. (laughs) I knew you were doing a better job than I could have been doing. That's for dang sure. But some of those, you couldn't even see what was over the next hill in a lot of those cases. And I was trying to imagine what did happen when you met the car coming up the other way that didn't see you
0: either. I know. I know. Well, that was like, that was the big unknown. You know, you just come over the hill and then you see the thing. There's something here and I know we probably need to wrap, but there's something about this trip too that was really special to me. I've had a few people be very curious that I didn't take a trip like this with my husband. Or mm. you, with your partner, you know, I love to travel with my husband. I know you love to travel with your partner it's not It's not about any disregard of them, but the driving thing makes me realize that, and I think this has been a powerful learning for both of us with several marriages, you know between us. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we did promise each other to go to all of our weddings. <laughs> Sorry, you, <laughs>
1: you actually promised to stop me from ever getting married again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After two times, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're <laughs> but I think that there is something about, there's a difference between the, between the things that we do with our private partners and the things that we do with our friends.
1: That's and so um,
0: yeah, and I think for me, it's really been very grounding since the sabbatical time to like, remember that you know, yes, I have a primary partner who I will grow old with, you know, if we manage to make it work. (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, like my friends, friends like you and spending time and investing in and making sure that those relationships are primary is really, really important to my well being in the world.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I shared with you last week that I feel I felt a little lost when I got home not to have you like right at my elbow to like talk over something with. And certainly we do, you know, talk uh, quite a bit, but it something about having that unlimited space and time and being in that environment just made it all come out, you know, in a really different way. And I'm very grateful and I feel changed by
0: it. Mm. Yeah, I do too. And I'm really grateful for this conversation too, because we haven't had a formal conversation of like debriefing and I'm sure there will be more to come but it's I, it's helpful to like acknowledge that And i felt the same way i did feel lost i was really sad actually coming home and um but i'm also now like at this moment in time i'm thinking in my mind this question where are we going to go next
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know because we did so well we have to do
0: we have to try again totally and it's not sure. about the place of, of course at all it's just about like committing and and um holding the space in our lives for adventure four times yes. with each other and um and the time away from work and life and the things that pull us day to day so that that to me is like the big takeaway like don't i'm not just going to go in i'm not just going to this next phase of my life of planning without thinking about protecting time like we had together on my yes sabbatical.
1: absolutely that because it was so my tank got filled up you know i feel strong going into the winter which is a hard time of year for me and I feel mm. rested and well and understood and connected. You yeah. Know?
0: Me me too. And also very I felt very revived for people that might be listening to this podcast in terms of work. Like I am convinced that the time away for me was better for my brain, yes. my level of thinking for the work than any amount of overworking. Like yep. I really do feel and I say this to clients, but I feel even more convicted of it in my bones. It's like business and ideas are enhanced by time away from them
1: absolutely yeah your brain needs to rest to come up with new fresh things and totally that time on the trail when you really couldn't be connected to your team you know there was work going on then you just didn't know it you know it was all happening behind the scenes in in your own mind but also with them you know have to step up and take over
0: absolutely and they they're changed by that too which is we haven't even been fully processed that but i think that that's really true too yeah. so well, oh my I'm, gosh my friend i'm
1: with you you know wherever you want to go i'll go i i love the the whole thing and i i was proud of myself for getting through it but um mostly i think it was just one, you know a trip of a lifetime and i'm very grateful i guess it's the you know the whole the whole thing i'm just very grateful
0: that's how I feel too. So grateful for you and for our commitment to staying friends so long and investing in each other yes. the way we have. It's, um, I go through the with, with you.
1: And now we have a stuffed animal together. So we'll as <laughs> friends. Well, he,
0: that's right. So you got to just let me know when you want to buy.
1: Yeah, I want them. Yes. You want them like, now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. now. <laughs> <I> wanna... <laughs> okay. Well, or at least by, by Christmas. Christmas. By Christmas i would love to open him okay maybe i'll get through thanksgiving he can have a holiday Mm -hmm. with me and my family and then i'll send him up to you so you can have him for the holidays.
1: okay if you forget i'll remind you
0: (laughs) (laughs) excellent thank you ann oh thank you mo
1: thank
0: you So I just want to point out now that we're at our departure location in front of the men's room is that we are still friends. We're still really yeah, good friends. We didn't really sabotage friends. our friendship. I know. Oh, okay. This is years. This okay. is crazy. Love you, love you. Thanks for watching bye. our YouTube channel. <laughs> Not yet, but Your we will. In the way. I, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 <laughs>